If you'll turn to Luke chapter 2, I'm sure you all may be tired of this. Not really, but may be tired of this by now, since this is definitely the chapter that's often went to for the Christmas story. Just keep your finger there. We'll be there. We'll get there soon, anyway. As you're turning there, as we think about the new year and um, going in there, we often talk about New Year's resolutions, and uh, we're done with shopping, we're done with the Christmas season, so now what? What happens after the new year? There's no more rushing, there's no more trying to get gifts, there's no more of the hustle and bustle, there's no more wrapping presents, there's no more trying to find out what in the world your family might want for Christmas, Um, there's no more... uh, no more family visits. Those are over and done with, and you're getting back, settled in. That's New Year's and resolutions. Christmas is over. It's back to being cold. It's back to just the same old, same old kind of. Back to school. Once Christmas is over, there isn't really a whole lot to be said after that. It's just kind of back to the grind, back to just, you know, how it is normally. And that's kind of similar, in a sense, to how the first Christmas was. It all started with taxes, and it all started with the baby, oddly enough. Although it might have seemed inconvenient that um, a baby would be born during tax time. Of all times, it would be born during tax time. (laughs) Imagine that. I know Jimmy and Amy's baby is close to that date. I'm sure they don't want it to be put off any longer. I mean, the baby, I mean, you think that the Son of God is coming, that he would be born at such such a busy time, but that is when... It happened, and that there wouldn't be any more room for them to be born in the inn, in a building, in a good environment, but that he came and that he was born in a manger, the only thing that was left. And also that his mother was a virgin. seems impossible, but with God we know all things are possible. And most of all, that this baby was the Savior. He was Christ the Lord, as, our, as Luke 2 tells us. And that he was not just any ordinary baby. And that even angels came to shepherds. They came to Mary and Joseph first, but they came to shepherds right before he came. And they told him that it was born to you this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And those shepherds didn't waste any time going and seeing that baby. And that brings us to verse 15 through 18, if you want to follow along. It says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now... Go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. It's interesting that the shepherds, when they first were told that the baby was born this day, they didn't say, oh, we can go and see him later. He'll be around, you know, we can go and see him some other time. But they said, let's go now. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, And that saying that they're talking about there is in verses 10 through 12. And that speaks of the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, Him coming and being in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying, they made known abroad. They didn't just tell a few people, they made known abroad. They told it everybody they saw, which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Most of us today, we know about Jesus. A lot of people know about Christmas. They know about the message of Christmas. And many of you here, I'm sure, if not all of you, know Jesus personally. 
You know, you've experienced His saving grace. You've experienced Him personally. And you know about the message of Jesus. It's the best news in the world. It's the best thing the world has ever seen. And yet, we often fail to tell people about it. Some of you might be thinking, but when the shepherds first heard this, they were the only ones that knew about it. You know, I mean, God had never came in human flesh before. It was big news. It was exciting news. But it's not as exciting today. And it was a whole different thing back then. People didn't know about him, that, that he had never come. It was building up. People had been hearing prophecies about it. It was, it was exciting back then, but it, it seems like it's, it's lost some of that today. Well, today, people definitely are still interested in getting out of sin and getting out of bondage. And the only way for them to know about that is to hear about Jesus and His saving grace, because that is the only way that we can get free from our sins, and that we can live a life that is free from the bondage that the devil has um, brought into our lives through sin. And whether people receive the gospel today, or whether they're not receiving it, whether they know or not, they're still interested, and we still have a responsibility to represent Christ to them and to tell them about Jesus' message of saving and forgiving our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We are ambassadors for Christ. Other translations put the, the last phrase of that as, um, as that Christ makes his appeal through us. He makes his appeal to others through those who know about him, who've experienced him. And although that we can say that God speaks to people individually, whether they have heard the message or not, God can speak through things, speak through circumstances. God still wants to use people like you and me, because to speak to other people, He's going to use people to speak to those people. And although we're supposed to be ambassadors, we're supposed to represent Christ, we need to be telling others about Him. Well, many of you know about the Great Commission. It says to preach or to teach, to tell others, to all nations. And God's still wanting to use people like you and me to tell others about Him. We're so often quick to tell others about the weather, about the news, but we often fail to put in there that there's a Jesus, there's a God that can save them, that can give them life more abundantly. We have the answer to the world's problems, and yet we keep it to ourselves. And I know I struggle with this just as much as anybody, but it's a problem that we need to face and that we need to correct. If we stay quiet about our faith and never tell anyone about Jesus, then people won't ever know the reason we're a Christian. I know from um, Paul Vaughn's testimony that people often notice that you are a Christian. They notice the difference. But a lot of times they've never been told the, the story of forgiveness, of love, of grace, that can change them and that can keep them, and that can allow them to live above the sin that they're in. If Christ is so important to us, we should be compelled to talk about Him. And I know it's hard. I know I can struggle with as much as anybody. I'm a shy person. I'm a quiet person. Um, and it's hard to share your faith with others. It's hard to share the gospel with others. People that are in evangelism, that um, do missions work, they struggle just as much as we do. And we often forget that, thinking that it's because of what they do, that's what they do full-time, that it's, it's easier for them. But it's just as hard for them as it is for you and me. And I know it's, it's hard for me as much as the next person. But we need to ask for courage for that witness, to witness, to tell others, and that God will prepare their hearts for, us to for them to receive the gospel, and that He would prepare us, that He would help us, and He would give us strength, He would give us courage, He would give us courage to witness to others, to tell them about us. Because we have the greatest message in the world. We have what the world needs. 
a lot of times we look around and we think, what's the answer to all these problems? What's the answer to this? What's the answer to that? But Jesus Christ is the answer to all of it, and He's the only one that can truly, truly fix people's problems. God can speak to people without us, as we've said. We know that. We've heard stories about that. But often God uses people to give a word there, to give a testimony there. As Paul Vaughn was talking about again, they may notice you, they may ask questions, but a lot of times people need to be told. They need to be presented with the fact that Jesus came to die for them and came to save them from their sins. D.L. Moody, um, he's a great evangelist from the 19th century, American evangelist. Um, he was walking along the street one day, and uh, and he was just walking by, and he engaged in a conversation with a woman, and she apparently didn't like the way he evangelized. She didn't like the way he um, he spread the gospel. He presented others with the gospel for whatever reason. I'm not sure. But um, she said, uh, and then he responded to her. He said, well, I really don't like... Uh, like my uh, my way of doing it all that much either. So what's yours? And uh, she kind of she I'm sure she surprisingly kind of taken aback. She replied that she didn't have one. She didn't really have a method of evangelism. And Moody responded. He said, "Then I like mine better than yours." Yeah. <laughs> and that that presents a very uh, very true message to us that although we may. Uh, we may not like other people's ways of doing it, and they still have a way of doing it. And uh, although um, we may not think we're good enough, we may not think we do it the right way, we still need to be learning, be uh, trying to figure out a way to present others with the gospel. And if we're not doing anything, there's, there's no message being, being sent out. We need to be trying to witness whether we're failing or whether we're not failing. We need to be trying because we need to keep trying, keep learning, because it's God's commanded us in His Word, and we need and others need Jesus so, so badly. So in conclusion, what are you doing with Jesus? Christmas is over. God's come. He's been Emmanuel. He's with us. He's still here with us. But what are we doing with that message? What are we doing with that gospel, that good news? And uh as I was speaking to you earlier, we not, may not know how to do it. I'm, I've struggled. I, I fail in this area so many times. But uh, this year, and I pray that you will too, I'm going to try to resolve to do, to spread that message to whether I fail, whether I struggle, whether I'm afraid, and we'll all be afraid. But I pray that this year we'll do our best to present that message, to get that message out to others, because God's commanded it. It's what the world needs. It's what we all have needed. And whether a lot, many of us, whether we grew up in church, that's the only way, that's the way we heard it. And many of people around the world don't have that. So they need people like us to present it to them, to get that news to them, to get that message to them personally and on their level. And let's pray and resolve in this new year that we're going to be like the shepherds, that once we hear that news, we're going to make known the saying abroad that Jesus Christ is the Savior and that he's come to forgive us, and that he's come to give us life abundantly. And not just because he commanded it, but because we love him. We want to see others make it, and because we love others. I pray that you would just help join me in making that resolve this year, that we're going to spread his message, and that we're going to just find a way to do it, whether that's including in a conversation um, Jesus, or whether that's, you know, saying, God bless you. No matter how you do it, no matter what you do it, 
make sure that you're doing it. Make sure, let's make it a resolve this year that we're going to try to spread that message of Christmas to each and every one that we can. Gary Skank, if you would close us out in prayer. Mm-hmm.